You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. From the kickoff to the shootout, we're amped up, we're ramped up. For a breakaway from a set play, it's a give and go. Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me, as always, a man who refuses to go out on top. Say hey to everybody, Harrison Crow. Well, I haven't ever gone or gotten on top. I, it's not like I've ever won like awards or anyone's a, ever been like, you're the best at this. <clears throat> Everybody's like, you, you, like those commercials. They're like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want somebody to be just okay at this. I'm like, well, if nobody wanted somebody to just be okay at it, I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. I think I, I find that commercial very offensive for that reason. Right? I think like, it's like, why don't you want me to have things? <laughs> I've got to get paid somehow. If we had to be good at something in order to do it, what what would I do? I don't know. Take naps? You, we, well, okay. We are elite nap takers, both elite of us. Tapers. Our, our expected naps are, are through the roof. Um so it's a it's a it's a bit of a somber day in MLS land, Harrison. Um, Try not to like uh, curse and swear, but yes, I, I'm I'm not ecstatic about it. I'm very sad, deeply hurt. We, you know, we'll, we'll probably talk more in depth about this later, or we can just talk about it now since I brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get to this. Yeah, I'm great at schedules and rundowns. Uh, but you know, uh, we lo- we lost um, you know not permanently, but but uh, two very prominent um, players. Uh, I I think two players that are very um, important to um, Major League Soccer and, and and the United States national team. Well, one was important to the U.S. men's national team. The other should have been. Um, have hung Incredibly up their boots. Didn't wasn't. yeah. Uh, Chad Marshall um, kind of suddenly announced his retirement, uh, and, and Demarcus Beasley, uh, which was something I think we kind of knew, but uh, still, uh, they both officially hit today on the same day. Um, I do believe both intend to finish, or no, Beasley's going to finish out the season, right? Yeah, 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 he's 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 well, I don't, know. he's still injured though. I mean, he's it's he's not Maybe. been starting. Presumably, um, he played last week, didn't he? Did he get hurt again? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, Demarcus Beasley. I, I don't know. Uh, I just remember guy. Adam Lundquist being on the on the floor because uh, f- he got hit with ribs uh, in the ribs or something. Yeah. So if um, you know, Demarcus Beasley, a somewhat unsung hero of, of United States soccer, but probably one of our greatest, um, probably one of our greatest players, uh, one of our greatest success stories, a guy that. Uh, uh, played many World Cups, more than most players, you know, would have. Um, certainly, uh, a, just a big part of those teams, and, and one that I think, um, even to this day, even these later years, you know, could have, could have found himself in, in a spot to contribute. Uh, and obviously, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's it. it I, I don't know of a world without Demarcus Beasley. <laughs> being somewhat in the in the conversation about these sorts of united states men's national teams yeah no totally and 
to take that a step further, I don't know what Houston's going to do at left back. Like it's bad enough that they were having to like contemplate mid season, figuring out what to do with, you know, uh, at least is giant uh, pending gaping hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're going to have to also figure out, uh, Adam Lundquist was probably a fine left back, like yeah, as far as like a fine. fill in, but, uh, I, I don't think he's, any stretch of the imagination, what Beasley could be at times, Beasley could just absolutely still um, can take over that that wing and, and create and cause problems and havoc down that left side. Um, unlike few left backs in the game, uh, in the American game at least, um, mm-hmm. can. So I think I think one thing about Demarcus Beasley that always is that like you know he is a very um, Obviously, speed was a was a big part of this game, um, but I think an underrated part of this game was uh, was was sense and, and awareness and, and uh, kind of knowing when to be up and when to be back. And um, you know, I'm not going to say he never got caught out of position, but for a guy that spent as much time scampering down the flank as he did, it happened a lot less than than, than many players. Well, uh, yeah, he was absolutely. I mean, for a guy that played out, up in the attacking role for most of his career, um, his ability just to understand where he should be, his his positioning as a left back was really good. Mm. So I I think we're kind of um, you know uh, it's the end of an era of sorts, the an end of the Demarcus Beasley era, and uh, without really a great era parent. Um, thus far i i think um you know it, it's it's just definitely a guy that we're we're really gonna miss even though uh you know he probably was slowing down and we just weren't really seeing it because we you know we just really liked him so um I, you know i don't know if he actually was slowing down i don't yeah i i mean I i'm sure i'm sure it takes a ton of effort i mean I, i'll just say you know i turned 35 a few months ago and i i will tell you like just keeping up with my normal rate working out i can tell like (laughs) life is getting harder i will say that i think it's it's true that i don't remember ever looking at demarcus beasley and going like well he needs to retire right exactly um and i don't think that the same can be said about a lot of players that do reach this stage of their career where we're like okay maybe it's time to you know move into those tv jobs guys Right. <laughs> um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, truly a uh, one of uh, the United States' best uh, players, great servant of the game, as they like to say in England. Yeah, no, I, uh, he definitely was. Um, so uh, best so, of luck the rest of this year. I hope I hope we get to see him burn down that wing a few more times, and that his injury isn't uh, isn't you know substantial. Well, so like in that same vein, while we talk about all these, you know, platitudes and everything for uh, what he was as a player um, and what he still is, Mm -hmm. how did Chad Marshall just consistently get left out of that picture? Like it doesn't, I don't under, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's criminal to think that this guy had 11 caps um, and could be. The best defender in MLS history. I mean, I don't think that is even really a question. Like, I, 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 I you, I, the only person I've heard brought up that I would go like, okay, maybe is Eddie Pope, and even then, Eddie Pope wasn't dealing with the same stuff in Major League Soccer that Chad Marshall was. Um, 
and Chad Marshall just for so long, so good, so consistent. Um, and yeah, how did the 11 U.S. caps? That's crazy. That's insane. Like, I feel like there are players that have more than 11 caps that no way deserve them. Uh, well, it's not even that they don't deserve them uh, so much as I just don't understand how they got looked over how he got looked over consistently especially there was multiple times to where over the course of the last uh, i want to say 10 years I, i've been following u.s soccer that there's been question marks you know when we went away from carlos bocanegra when we went away from some of these uh guys that you know maybe didn't have a place anymore i i don't understand why he wasn't given an opportunity why he why he was never called in and was like oh I, it just seemed like this weird, um, and I, I made this joke with my younger brother this this past weekend. Um, it seemed like it was constantly a generational gap. Yeah, but you just I, I can had see this that. weird. You know, they were trying to go younger when really they had somebody right there. It, it was odd. I think there was also this sense that he was always older than he was. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I, I've definitely made that, that joke already on Twitter that he always looks 42. But, but I think that a lot of people just sort of thought like, oh, okay, well, he's just that guy. Like, wh why bother, like, trying to, like, bring him into the fold at this point? You know, even though he was probably, like, 25 at the time. <laughs> there was plenty of good reason to do it. Uh, well, I think 28, 29, I think the question was, <clears throat> and I, I, I think to a I don't want to say to a fair extent because we're in the same predicament that we kind of are right now. It was, well, is are we going to call him in for just one World Cup cycle or are we going to try to get two World Cup cycles out of this? And I feel like that's such a, I, I feel like that's, that's such a crappy way of looking at things because you don't know if you're really going to get two World Cup cycles out of anyone. And, and to be perfectly honest, you don't know if you're just going to get one out of one player because I mean we just got done talking about Demarcus Beasley. I honestly I think Chad Marshall probably had another year in him if it wasn't if he wasn't constantly hampered by these concussion type symptoms and uh, problems that he constantly experienced, and, it, and that's part of the player he was. But you know yeah. what I'm saying, right? Yeah, he he played hard, and um, I think that you know I've had a lot of people ask me why 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 now and i don't think it's like anything that happened specifically um you know like like in the last 12 days or like even in the season like i don't think there was one injury that it was like now he can't do it anymore I, I just think that he was kind of at a point where i don't know when the last time that guy was healthy <laughs> like I, I imagine chad marshall's probably lived for like the last eight years just always hurt and at some point i think your body just is like all right enough i don't have to do this <laughs> i remember in i want to say 2016 or 2015 um benjamin harrison uh and myself having a dinner in gig harbor and we were talking about, about the state of the sounders both he and i being you know for seattle guys and we were discussing Chad Marshall and his health predicament and how much longer we thought that we could we could get out of him and what is what is the alternative course for Seattle. And I remember us both just being completely A enamored with him as a defender, but also who like how do you replace somebody like him? And I remember neither of us thought that we would have another 
two, three years with him, which I, I mean, looking back on it now blows me away. And the fact that, again, you know, somebody else kind of mentioned he didn't look like he was slowing down. He's kind of like Beasley in that sense that he didn't look like he was done. And maybe that's the time that you want to cut away, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it is kind of one of those situations where the only reason I always thought Chad Marshall would probably retire at the end of whatever season Chad Marshall was playing was because of I just always had this sense that, you know, he got hurt a lot. Yeah. But, like, when you consider that, like, how often he got hurt and how much he still played and still played at an incredibly high level, I mean, it's such a credit to, like, his just heart I, I want to, you know, with that, I, I know we don't talk about that a lot, but just like his, like, he just was not, like, you, he had to be extremely really hurt to not play. <laughs> like, he had to be in very serious pain to not play because he played through a lot of injuries uh, and played well through those injuries. Um, and I just don't think that you're going to see, I, I don't know that we're going to see another Chad Marshall in, in MLS. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that they're they're rare, and yeah, you you can't necessarily plan on that. But no, I think it's uh, heart is totally fair. I think that's something that's you know we don't talk a lot about, but I think is just <clears throat> maybe if we talk about it a lot because I bring it up every week and say we don't talk about this at all. But I like this player's heart. <laughs> well, I don't think you do that. I don't. Maybe some. Maybe one of our listeners can say that. But I, I don't. I don't know. I think it's. It's kind of hard to explain because it's. It, it's not as if you know. Um, it's not as if. Oh, that's a bad example. Um, it, it's not as if Kim Kihi has less heart, right? It's not right. as if Roman Torres has less heart, um, so to speak. It's just. Um, it's kind of the reckless abandonment that Marshall has for himself in the game. It's a very selfless way to play the game. And, you know, you kind of saw this with Taylor Twelman to an extent, which kind of uh, is a sad comparison, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, yeah. He just threw his body. At, and you see players um, that sometimes are a little bit less, um, you know, injury prone that are still man, they just throw everything behind it. So, you know, it, it's a sad day. Um, but, man, what what a tremendous career and what a fun player to have in this league. I've uh, I've seen it joked around a lot, and I was going to run it by you because I think it's mostly done in reference to sort of uh, making fun of the Landon Donovan Award. But since we're, we're throwing, we're naming awards after players, should we, should we name the Defender of the Year after Chad Marshall? Absolutely. I don't think I think we should. I just really like. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't have any problem. Look, I think it's good to, uh, especially guys. And I, I get the 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 joke behind the Landon Donovan thing. I think it's awesome because you know what, Landon Donovan gave up a career. He didn't want to go to Europe. He didn't want. He wanted to be here. And I think re rewarding, and it doesn't even have to be domestic players, but re rewarding players that spend their their life and their career here. In MLS, I think uh, I, I don't have any problem awarding them, uh, you know, naming an award when it's, you know, really due them uh, like it is Chad Marshall. Chad Marshall, like we just both said, has is probably the best defensive player uh, to play this game. Um, so uh, in MLS. So I, I don't have any problem doing that. Do you know um, what I just checked out? I just wanted to throw this out there because I, I just want to the stats just to look this up because I, I knew it would be something like this we talked about how hard of a player he was how hard of a worker he was in 35,000 almost 36,000 minutes uh he had 18 yellow cards 
and two red cards, one of which I think was rescinded. So we'll say one red card in 35,000 minutes. 36,000 minutes as a defender that played as hard as he did. He was, a, he was, he was quite a guy. I think that's quite, quite good. Agreed. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's, you know, we'll, we'll pour one out tonight for, for Mr. Beasley and for, for Mr. Marshall. And um, I know they both listen to the show, uh, as all MLS players do. So uh, let us both just say thanks for everything, guys. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on our TVs and patrolling the sidelines uh, as coaches or whatever you choose to do. Um, we, we wish you nothing but the best. And if you guys need an intern with AS, uh, internship with ASA, please yeah. don't hesitate to shoot me an email. Yeah. They don't listen to the show. No, they don't. It's nice not. Okay. Let's move on. Um, let's see. What have you got for me this week? Colorado wins a game. <laughs> yeah, Colorado won a game. I forgot about that. They beat the Galaxy. Um, they didn't just beat the Galaxy. They had a great defensive effort uh-huh. on the road. They, they they put a zero like uh, okay like <clears throat> legitimately the galaxy kind of missed some opportunities right um mm. but they they had some really good defensive uh, plays lawless Babaka c- continues like you know what's crazy is Columbus isn't even going to have he's not gonna have any minutes with Columbus this year and they're still going to get some bank. When they tra- when they either trade him or slash transfer him to another MLS club because some team is going to spend a ton of time on him this 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 coming season and it may even be Colorado. Uh, I think they would have the first um, the first call on it and they should. Uh, we're we're big fans of of, of this. Uh, yeah, uh, good for that. Uh, LA uh, continually adding. Uh, some doubts to their their bona fides this year uh just really toothless without zlatan um which i think we've discussed ad, ad nauseum on this show before but but it, it well it and it's not just zlatan right zlatan it, zlatan's pks right because that's where <laughs> a, a lot of that was kind of coming from and yeah and look they did have over two expected goals uh, mm-hmm. la created you know some they did create some really good opportunities um and there was a couple of uh, last-ditch effort saves um, that that saved off and prevented this game from being a draw. But Colorado needed some luck. I mean, man, they've been so they've been such an unlucky squad as it is. Yes, that's true. Uh, in addition to being not great, they've had very little to go their way. Um, and uh, it came from young man uh, Andre Shinyashiki, um, another one of the uh, <laughs> the youth experiments. Uh, was their draft pick, um, but but somebody they've been putting on late in games and giving opportunities. And I, I think he's come good twice for him this year already. So uh, enjoy it, Colorado Rapids. I, 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 I we we support whatever whatever you're doing. We we'll be watching. That's what we do. Um, still don't have a coach. Well, they they just before we started uh, podcasting, I saw uh, a cool little tweet that said that they are uh, very interested in throwing a lot of money at um, various uh, coaches, i.e., uh, or I guess it's E.G. Um, Josh Wolf. So, um, okay, why do you have to throw a lot of money at Josh Wolf? 
I think he has no experience Be- managing a team. Th- like, that's, well, that's I, okay. So you say that, but like he's been Greg Berhalter's right hand man for a while. He had a lot uh-huh. of really nice things said about him. Number two and number three, he's now uh, the lead assistant to the U.S. Men's National Team coach. Okay, but he probably wants to be a full a, a manager manager. All right, I mean it's fine. that that's that's true, but he's probably. I mean, I don't think he's making crumbs presently. Yeah, this is a better opportunity, but uh, yeah. there are to up and leave a, a situation such as what they're probably building with the national team with trying to tear things down and rebuild. I would imagine um, this is a project that's uh, pretty unique to be around. Number one and yeah. number two, uh, domestically, the fact that you know Josh Wolf did have some time, you know, serve some time with uh, the U.S. Uh, men's national team. He had some opportunities. I, I think that it's probably something that he and I don't want to speak for him, but you know, I would imagine that there's some pride that's you know that's associated with that, trying to get this um, back on the right track, right? Yeah, um, sure. That's fine. Uh, dro- it's not- dropping everything and going to a team that, look, you know, forget about what's even happened on the field. Uh-huh. Looking at just the front office and the decision making of this organization has not been great. That's yeah, that's probably true. Um, I, yeah. OK, <laughs> I'm with you. I like it. I like it. That that's that's just my take. Like I didn't blink twice when when someone was saying, "Hey, we're gonna have to you know overpay to get Josh Wolf." Realistically, Colorado is going to have to overpay everyone. I mean, yeah, and that might be like relevant to what Colorado is able to pay anybody. So, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. I mean, I short it of be a different. Yeah, and, and the only person that I'm that uh, that I can think of that they wouldn't have to do this with that I can't I can't recall his name is University of Denver head coach who's in his early 30s has done amazing things with the University of Denver Soccer Club. I know that there's a That's there's cool. a small yeah, group of people it. that that kind of want would like would be interested in him, you know, joining them. So Yeah. It'd be an interesting choice. I think that's a hard um I I yeah, I, I think that's a riskier hire, but I, yeah, I think it's a much risk, and I think it's I, I think it's hard to justify too, right? Why would you purposefully go out of your way and, and make a and hire somebody that has more risk associated with them? So yeah, best of luck, Colorado. Good work, good work. Um, let's move on here in our rundown to ooh yes, U.S. Gold Cup rosters. Um, I don't. Okay, let's let's do it. <laughs> so, well, I didn't mean for this to be such a long segment. So, no, in, it's you, fine. no one it's can fine. see our notes, but I, I typed up the entire like my favorite <laughs> eight, my personal eighteen. That this would be like a two-hour conversation. Yeah, and my, most... <laughs> we'll we'll let you read yours. I don't I don't have one. Uh, <laughs> my eyes glaze over at this this U.S. men's national team stuff. Okay, uh, Harrison. Let's, so let's let's get your Harrison take on here. Um, I'm looking through this list here, this uh, 40 man provisional roster, which will be cut down to 21, right, and then 18 uh, on game day, obviously. Uh, can you tell me anything about Dwayne Holmes? Uh, guy from Derby County. We could could watch him here. Uh, I don't I don't know when that the championship game Marlin is. Marlon Fossey. 
Uh, plays for Fulham, left back, hasn't started yet with the first team, but well thought of. Should be interesting. Might get some championship minutes. Probably will get some championship minutes. Tyler Boyd? Uh, I believe he was the Australian uh, U20 or U23. New Zealand. Uh, winger. New Zealand. New Zealand. Oh, guy. I said Australia. Yeah. Oh, crap. I'm yeah. Somebody is – like people That's were nice enough about – we were in trouble. Belgium and Austria. Oh, yeah. dude. It's like so we're going to have a Kiwi come and kill me uh, like, or at least severely beat me up. Maybe. I think the Kiwis are generally pretty nice. Uh, so some, some names that kind of jump out at me here that are, are, are interesting things I like. Uh, Daniel Lovitz, Montreal Impact. Um, I like that player. Uh, Mal Robinson did get a little call into the professional roster, so maybe maybe uh, maybe they would, maybe Ernie Stewart and Bob Bradley read the Twitters and, and know how popular Atlanta players are. Uh, I I don't think it, I like I said this last week when I said I didn't think that he should I I I didn't think he should be called up just because I thought there was better center back options. I'm not against him like, yeah. and I think both of us said like neither of us are gonna like be uh you know furious or mad. I think Matt Hedges is a much better center back than um than Walker Zimmerman. I think he's a much better center back than uh you know, Miles Robinson. But that being said, um, you know, uh, if that's who they want to go with here, you know, that's, I I don't think that it's a huge upset. Wow. Look at this. They're going to take Christian Pulisic. Amazing. What a choice. Yeah. That Um, was a little surprising. I was a little shocked to see Pulisic's name here, but probably good to go with your best player. Uh, Jonathan Lewis is getting uh, consideration. I don't really understand the purpose of these 40-man provisional rosters, I guess, except to kind of get everybody sort of maybe ready. Um, um, yeah, I think it tips people off. Plus, you know, if people get injured, like, I don't know, Jordan Morris, you know. Probably uh, at some can, point. James yeah, well, I, he yeah. just – he really. it looked like last week he pulled his hamstring uh, exceptionally bad. So um, we'll see where, where that's at. I haven't yeah, heard there's... anything from Sounders Twitter on that. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's nothing on here that's too exciting for me. Um, the only player I really care about in this conversation is uh, Timmy Weah, and I, I think he's he's off doing other things. Um, yeah, he's so, with the U U twenties, isn't he? Yeah, and, and we wish him the best of luck with that, and uh, I guess Palma Call as well. So uh, this just looks a lot like a lot of other rosters we've seen. Um, and I guess that's what happens in, in national teams. But but go ahead and let me let me hear your your eighteen, and I'll, I'll vehemently disagree if there's anything I think is silly. Well, I, so I got a silly one for you up top. Okay, Sean Johnson over Zach Steffen. Can I? Why isn't Bill Hamid in this conversation? Well, <clears throat> because his footwork's terrible. Haven't you read the internet's? Um, no, but I wanted a I wanted a better answer than that because I don't think that's true. <sighs> I don't know if it's true or not, and and it's not something I've ever paid attention to. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest, uh, my so my thought process is is this: you're going to have about eighteen to maybe twenty five touches from a goalkeeper, okay, over the course of a game. Yes, ideally. Well, there could be less. There could be more. It all depends upon their style of play. Um, I I have not looked at what it's been in the past for uh, Zach Steffen during uh, the last, what, four games it's been. But ideally, it's going to be about 25 touches. Mm -hmm. It seems like a weird weird thing to make a a big priority in your goalkeeper. Well, 
especially like for me, like sh- shot blocking, you're talking about anywhere between five to 10 opportunities versus 25. Like what's more important to you? And I, to me, those five to 10 take precedence. Yes, because failing those is what makes you not win games. Exactly. And not just they, they, uh, that's going to be a separator between not just winning and losing, but also like draws, right? Yeah, draws Um, and and all sorts of things and how upset the takes are the next day. And yeah. Here, and here's the other, and here, this is kind of, I, I would much, I don't think he is a good shot stopper. I don't think he's a good shot stopper at all. I don't think Stefan is is great, which is actually why I have, uh, in my 18, I have Sean Johnson ahead of um, Stefan on this. I yeah. think Sean Johnson's a better shot stopper than Stefan. Um, I'm sure the internets and the Twitters will disagree with me, and mm-hmm. they'll give me lots of gifts of how crazy I am and the PKs that, um, that Stefan's stopped and he has he's stopped quite a quite a few of them i think stefan definitely has a talent for um reading those situations i'm not certain that that's sustainable um this is a goalkeeper of vr harrison manchester city likes him they they do and and, you know um city is a team that plays with a little bit more of the ball so i think it matters a little bit more um Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about a larger percentage of touches, so or at least that's my theory. Well, uh, I mean, not just so. that, but like, you're kind of city can afford to just buy a lot of keepers that are good with their feet and just play the ones that are also really good at shot stopping. Because well, they can that buy and they want, yeah, that on top of which they, I mean, they're looking to invest. This is this is playing. This is like yes. basically playing like soccer stock market, right? Yeah, they're Zach they're Stephen trying. There's a very great chance that Zach Steffen will never ever see the field for Manchester City, and that's not ne- like a, a <clears throat> negative on him, yeah, right? No, like they're going not. to put him in good positions. They're gonna they're gonna find good opportunities yeah. for him because they want his stock to go up. They want, um, but yeah, he's never going to be a caliber of um, the you know what they want to win. You know UEFA Champions League. They and they're not going to do that with Zach Steffen. Um, no no disrespect to him. I don't think that that's that's the caliber of keeper he's ever going to be. So, yeah, and we shall see. Um, but, but certainly. Okay. Uh, so you got Sean Johnson, uh, at left back, you have Greg Garza. I love Greg Garza. Can I, can I tell you, I I really like Greg Garza. I think he's a really good defensive, uh, uh, left back. And I think that that's kind of what they're looking for. I think he's a much better version of, uh, Daniel Lovitz. Here you go. Um, Aaron Long and Matt Miazga anchoring at center back. It just seems obvious. Yeah, I don't think I, I'm sure. Like me, maybe Walker Zimmerman. I have Zimmerman on the bench. That that seems like the three best uh, center backs in this grouping. Right back, Nick Lima. Sure, sure. sure. I love Nick Lima. Yeah, a lot of people like Nick Lima. Um, I don't know who else is in that conversation. Even I guess. Uh, Adams well, would be right yeah, back. Yeah, Tyler right? Adams will probably be the right back. I have him as a center midfielder. Like, they, that's just. Oh, I can't wait to have that conversation fifty times this summer. God no. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> um. Let's see. Center midfield. Here we go. We got uh Bradley, Trap, McKinney, and Adams. I guess that's four vying for three spots there. So you I think we we talked. We had this conversation. 
We, yeah, well, we had this conversation, what, like uh, back in March, and we kind of came yeah. up with the, the uh, thought process that Bradley is suited towards, you know, a certain style versus a trap. And I think that all, it's all about who you play. Um, yeah. So I don't, I, I mean, I would, I would not be sad if Bradley didn't play. I'd rather see trap just out of my interest level. Um, but sure, this is fine. Um, McKinney, Trap, Adams, I think, is Adams is, a, is the second name on your team sheet at this point. So um, yeah. I, I suspect that, that we'll see him somewhere in there. Uh, if he's actually deployed it right back, um, you know I think that you could start making a case for like Christian Roldan uh, filling one of those spots. but um, And that would be one way to get me to watch the Gold Cup. Uh, so yeah, uh, okay, that's all good. I think left... he, he'll get times. He'll yeah, get he'll time. get time. He'll get time. They seem to be happy with him right now. Uh, left wing Paul Ariola, sure, sure. Um, right wing Christian Pulisic, bold choice, Harrison. Bold I, choice. I, you know what? I'm just throwing myself out there right now. <laughs> yeah, you just, know, just really laid it on the line. Uh, center forward Josie Altador. Uh yeah. I guess what else are you gonna do? Yeah. I wish there was someone else we could play there. I would just like to see. Do we take anybody? I guess Ramirez and. Um, I mean it's Zardes. I mean that's why that's. <laughs> those are my choices, aren't they? Look, Josie yeah. Altador is fine. The, of those three choices, I, think, I guess I'd go with Altador. I think Altador is fine. My hesitancy with him is purely wrapped up in the fact that. I think he's not going to. I don't think he'll even start half the games. Yeah, I, I. This is one of those, and I know that Josie and Michael Bradley get a lot of flack, and probably unfairly so for not probably, uh, not probably. No, I mean every player gets flack that's unfair. Well, I, I mean, I don't think it's unfair that they they get flack because they were very important members of that team. I think it they they for some reason get more stick than most other players that were involved in that game, um, which. I would say maybe that is a little bit unfair. But I, I've said this before, and I, I guess I'll say it again, even though people don't... I know there's like this sort of... <laughs> there's like this uh, backlash against the hipsterdom that I am trying to play here, uh, which is that while I say something like, just let's... Who's next? Let's just get the next guys in there. I, I care more about that and, and the World Cup coming up than I do about this and, and you know sneaking out some Gold Cup wins or whatever. Um I'd rather start like putting our players that we're looking at for the future into these roles and getting them, you know, indoctrinated into the ways of the team and the system, whatever Greg Halter plans to do. And I know there's a lot of clap back on that like now, saying like, "Why would you turn your back on these guys? You know, they're so good and they've still got something left to give." Um, I'm not going to let those people intimidate me, and I'm going to say that I would just rather see what's next on this. Um, but given our other options for this tournament and with the under 20s kind of doing their thing, there are a lot less appealing options to me in that kind of in that sense of things. So. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I guess it's gonna be uh, Josie out the door again. This this gold cup. I mean, we get CJ Sapong. That's right. Let's get CJ in here, man. Come on, let's get CJ. He's thirty. Is he really? He is. CJ Sap CJ Sapong is older than Josie out the door. I didn't know that. Well, let's not get CJ Sapong in there. Let's get. Um, I just want to see Timmy Wea. He's a winger. I heard. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, on the bench, you've got Stefan Baird, Lewis, Roldan, Zimmerman, Robinson. Uh, yeah, well, seems I mean, reasonable whatever. to me. Um, 
I know that this will rotate a lot as we kind of go forward. I don't, yeah, nothing about your your eighteen here really really strikes out to me as too too shocking or anything like that. Um, here, here's my question to you, and yeah. you completely, you, you may go to a different direction with this. Yeah. Um, left wing is Paul Ariola the best in the pool right now? Because, I mean, there, there's not. Well, what else do we have? I mean. Uh, Corey Baird, Jordan Morris. What do you, I mean, how do you feel about this? I mean, Morris... Uh, Morris is an interesting player there. Um, I'm still not... I'm not sold on that at the national team level yet. Um, I like Paul Ariola. I don't really have a problem with this. I mean, like, he's not... If that's not a name that's going to upset me to see, uh, see in the starting lineup... Uh, certainly this 40-man roster, I don't see a lot of other people I'd pick over him. I mean, unless, like, is Dwayne Holmes a winger? I don't know anything about Dwayne Holmes. When did this happen? <laughs> when did Dwayne Holmes happen? You know, I, I haven't seen on, enough of Dwayne Holmes to really say one way or another. Same with Tyler Boyd. Like, the, yeah. <clears throat> the, these are safe picks. Uh, Tyler Boyd kind of interests me. You know who uh, isn't on the 40-man that kind of – we made a, a few jokes about last time, but uh, Kenny Saif. Um, yeah, yeah, I noticed he wasn't part of this. This is what happens when you go to Cincinnati. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, like I'm. Oh man, well, yeah. There we go. Uh, okay, well that's that's enough U.S. men's national team roster talk. I think. I think this is a good. You made a good lineup. I, I think that would be a good lineup that could finish second place to Mexico ultimately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> segment three, you've got here San Wando. Oh yeah. Wando, great job, man! Congratulations, four goals on a day to do it too. What a what a fun way to have all that all, happen. Well, all of them were were completely Wando goals. Like if you it's saw quintessential, this, quintessential yes. Wando goals. Uh, like if you saw them in, like if you mixed those in with highlights from 2012, you would yeah. you wouldn't be able to pick them out. Wando Lasky is such an interesting player, an interesting story, and I don't think we have to trot over the ground again because uh, plenty has been said about him since, since Sunday. But uh, I just want to throw my hat in the ring as well and say that uh, anybody out there making Belgium jokes right now can just, you know. Suck it. Yeah, suck it. Don't want to be rude, but suck it. Uh, this is a great accomplishment um, for any league in the world uh, at a professional level. Uh, Wando Lasky has done it on the San Jose earthquakes <laughs> mostly. And uh, that's uh, that just makes it even better of an accomplishment, in my opinion. So, uh, congrats to Wando, and uh, you know, I, I I guess we're gonna name the all-time leading goal scorer award after him, probably until someone else gets it. So, <laughs> <laughs> good job, Chris Wanolaski. Um, I've forgiven you for Belgium, and I, I I applaud your your wonderful accomplishment. Yeah, um, how dare he like not be able to one time that into uh, into the net? I mean, it's. You know, <laughs> it's not like, Man. you know, Clint Dempsey had missed yeah. something easier 20 minutes prior, but let's, yeah. let's not cover that. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, you come in. I mean, the goal, the goal, the goal scorer that, you know, sets all the U.S. men's national, you know, records for, yeah. for goal scoring go, you know, no one says boo about the fact that he misses a shot, but you know, Chris Wondolowski, let's all, let's all hate. I, I just, you know, uh, that yeah. that will forever bother me. I lo- I I really like the dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna let some people behind the, the curtain here for a second and say that I've seen Harrison go like full Zapruder film on this Chris <laughs> Wondolowski thing before, where he's just like, 
Mm-mm. Like, look here. This was not a clear-cut chance. Like, look look where it is. Like, and he's all back and to the left, back and to the left. And we just kind of, like, look at it. And, uh, so uh, this is, uh, this is you know, if you want an inside man to, like, really, you know, tell you the truth that the, the politicians don't want you to hear about that Chris Wondolowski chance, hit Harrison up on Twitter. <laughs> It's true, man. It's true. Like, <laughs> I, I, that is that is a that is a hobby horse of mine forever. Like, that, that will forever be yeah. in my in my. Yeah. But uh, the idea of Wando is is this uh, individual who's perpetually o- underlooked and and completely passed over time and time again. He's somebody that um, isn't the biggest, fastest, strongest, um, but somebody that's just an athletic uh, player that has a an elite understanding. And the, the one thing that I love hearing Chris Wondolowski talk about, and if you listen to it and there's a ton of interviews right now, but if you just, you could randomly pick one. And one of the first things that he'll talk about is how he visualizes scoring. And I think this is fantastic. And I think it, it speaks to how he looks at the game. And I think it, it speaks to the fact that he'll be a really good coach one day because he understands what things have to look like. He understands mm-hmm. the positioning, he understands the buildup and how things have to happen in sequential order for them to exist and, and the spatial dynamics for it to, for him to have that opportunity. Like he can, he can get 30 touches a game. He can get 15, but he wants, he understands how each and every one of them are supposed to be impactful and how he plans before the game even starts for them to be impactful. It's, it, it blows me away. It really does. Uh, to his understanding of the game. I, I really and genuinely appreciate his, uh, his analysis and his dialogue in how he scores goals because it's not this cliche. Um, you just got to find yourself in the right. And sometimes it is um, to a certain extent, but the way he talks about visualizing and understanding, you know, uh, where certain players are at, it, it's just phenomenal. I really, really enjoy it. And in that vein, you know, we I, last year you kind of gave me the uh, Harrison's hot hot ones or like uh, young guns or yeah Harrison's young guns yeah so we kind of talked about that um, I really love unappreciated players uh, specific we... specifically unappreciated players like in that realm yeah so I kind of came up with my oh, own can little I do segment. It? I've changed my mind I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do the intro okay the pitch. all right yeah. Okay, uh, it says David Attenborough voice, but I don't really know if I can do a David Attenborough. Below the 180-minute mark, where the signal-to-noise ratio confounds analysts and pundits alike, you can find all kinds of interesting players. Let's go digging for some of Harrison's hidden gems. All right, Hi, so... Harrison. What are your hidden gems this week? First of all, thank you to Matt Hartley for writing that. Um, yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so, first off, Kyle Duncan. Kyle Duncan is probably a little bit more known. Uh, he's probably not. People will say, well, that's not a hidden gem. Look, these are players that uh, you're not going to expect. You don't tune into an MLS podcast to listen to t- about Kyle Duncan. Uh, nine out of ten times, Kyle Duncan's n- name isn't going to be said. He's interesting because he's with, you know, he has an opportunity with the youth national team, with the U23s. I'm really excited for him. I think that he's not just a really good 
I shouldn't say really good. He's not just a good right back. He's somebody that consistently can get forward in the attack and not just get forward in the attack, but he can get by defenders. Um, right now, I, I think still uh, he presently leads all right backs in MLS and keep in mind, he's like played something like 200 minutes. He leads them all in dribbles, uh, successful take-ons. Uh, the guys <clears throat> over his two years since getting healthy has just been somebody that's been dynamic. I've really enjoyed. Uh, he's He's been somebody with, with not just pace, right? Like you have some of the guys such as uh, Andrew Farrell when he first came into the league, uh, DeAndre Yedlin, these guys that can kick the ball 30 yards and then chase the ball down. Uh, mm-hmm. being able to mm-hmm. beat a guy 1v1 and find space and open up space for opportunities. Uh, yeah, that's, that's valuable. It, it's super valuable. And so that's uh, that was the one guy. I have two center midfielders uh, here. Okay, tell me about these center midfielders. So for every Wando that you know there is, uh, mm-hmm. people talk about, you know, what are all these forwards that were, you know, are missing chances and missing opportunities for, you know, we don't play attacking young uh midfielders or forwards in MLS, uh, domestically anyways, um, there are just a plethora of central midfielder American players that just kind of are blandly um, passed around. And Tony Rocha is kind of that bland name. Um, to yeah, be perfectly Tony Rocha doesn't really stand out. But yeah. I know who he is. I've heard of this player. Right, so like he played for Orlando. He got drafted uh, in the fourth round by Sporting Kansas City. And <clears throat> he's uh, fantastically a very Sporting Kansas City player. He doesn't get beat in tackles. Uh, in fact, uh, he wins almost uh, 80% of all of his tackles uh, over the last uh, four years. And mm-hmm. on top of that, uh, his passing over that same span um, has all from according to expected passing numbers has all been plus. Um, he's basically a Gustav Svensson. If you want to, if you wanted kind of a profile, um, he plays a little bit safer than Svensson, but at the same time, um, that's basically what you're looking at with, uh, Tony Roca. And uh, look, I, I think he's, I think he's a really interesting 25 year old that probably won't ever, be anything more than you know maybe a third or fourth uh central defensive player <laughs> yeah that's a number of teams but it's guys like this that are completely underappreciated and guys that kind of uh, float under the radar that might actually kind of turn into guys like aaron long that might turn into guys like chris wandalowski um all the numbers are really fantastic on on him and also um the next player nick beasler mm, younger brother of, uh, yeah, of, of Matthew, the Matthew mm-hmm. Beasler uh, for Sporting Kansas City. Um, Nick Beasler drafted by Portland, kind of ended up going from USL to uh, USL with uh, RSL. Haha, <laughs> see the SLs. So many SLs. So many SLs. Uh, Beasler also, I mean, he's a plus passer. Not surprised, you know. Mm-hmm. hardly surprising um he, he's another guy that's going to win a lot of tackles um and it's not necessarily that you that you win a lot of tackles it's winning your duels winning your one-on-one scenarios these are really really important moments 
Um, and when you're getting beat a lot consistently as a defensive player and a defensively uh, situational player, um, these are bad situations. That's bad, right? Uh, yeah. Beasler, I thought coming into this season, I honestly, I thought he had won the starting job. I thought he was going to be one of the center backs uh, for RSL. I thought maybe he might even move into um, with kind of the lack of options. I thought he might even move into the central defensive midfielder spot with, uh, you know, Sonny um, mm-hmm. going away. That's not been the case. He continues to kind of um, fill some occasions, fill some spots here and there. But again, plus passer, really good in 1v1 situations. I, I, I'm very interested to know where he, how the next few years of his career uh, end up going because I think that if it's another um, thousand minutes over four years, it's 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 going to be kind of uh, wasted opportunities by RSL yeah, or wasted opportunities to. Yeah. Last one, uh, Nikki Jackson. Nikki Jackson, yes, uh, I know of Nikki Jackson. Part of uh, he's still at Colorado, right? Yeah, yeah, he's still yeah. at Colorado. Um, yeah. it, look, he's twenty three year old. He's getting an averaging over the last two years, and think about you know this over the last two years, a, a very bad uh, Colorado uh, attacking team for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. They've been much better this year, but um, surprisingly enough, I don't know that that just still kind of w- wrinkles my brain a little bit. But um, over the last two years, he's averaged almost two uh, one headers, uh, not just two one headers, but two. Uh, headed shots a game uh, and when your primary means of creating shots is through crosses mm-hmm. um <laughs> you don't have a 10 that's going to be able to to get into the middle of the field and basically create opportunities through zone 14 um yeah. you're kind of reliant on those on those situations and i it was when i was looking through some of these different numbers um nikki jackson's a guy that's perpetually stuck out to me he doesn't win a lot of um aerial opportunities necessarily he's pretty split down the middle but the fact that he's turning them regularly into um opportunities on goal it was kind of surprising to me it's kind of the guy you want to back up uh tomorrow yeah no no absolutely um i think that he's probably a really good gonna be a really good backup uh striker for for a couple teams and he could be somebody that's uh that going forward could kind of develop a little bit more and could even kind of be a kind of a, a more of a second tier Kai Kamara in the future. There you go. So there's hidden gems. There, Four there you go. Them. For it, 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 you, there is there is like a pool of seventeen twenty um, that I that I was kind of playing with. We'll throw mm. some out here. If people hate this, great. Uh, I won't do it again. If people want to continue to hear um, these second-tier players that uh, I think are interesting, I'll yeah. continue to talk about them. Do you know what it kind of reminds me of is like, um, I don't know if you ever played a lot of Football Manager, but it reminds me of those articles on like those Football Manager pages where they're like, these are like the diamonds in the rough, the, the guys you can get really cheap that can do a job for your team, you know, when you're like lower level or whatever. Well, so I, I like it. I like it. You look at guy a team like you know Colorado that can't find these central midfielders. Like seriously, Nick Beasler is sitting on the bench. Like go go get Nick Beasler to be your you know to play more minutes instead of Jack Price, right? Like that's please <laughs> please do that. that. That seems like a much you know please or Tony Roca. Like that seems yeah. both of those seem like much better moves. But 
you know, um, then you need they can go and make those moves. But if their coaches don't, you know, then play them uh, or give them those opportunities, that's that's a that's an issue. All right. As all we have for today, thank you uh, all very much for listening. Um, thank you, as always, to uh, my friends, my colleague, my co-host, Harrison. Um, you can find him uh, on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow, uh, where he will be sure to discuss uh, Chris Wondolowski's uh, Belgium miss uh, in great detail, if you ask him. And uh, also probably would love to trade some uh, suggestions on some hidden gems. Um Always a, always a fun fun guy to talk with on the internet. So uh, that's Harrison. You can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Um, I'm much less fun to talk to you on Twitter. Um, so, you know, there you go. Uh, you can find uh, American Soccer Analysis uh, on Twitter at Analysis Evolved, uh, worth a follow. Uh, please visit our website, www.americansocceranalysis.com. Uh, you know, we got content uh, always going up on there, interesting articles, interesting facts. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, I'm always amazed at, at how many smart and talented people, uh, there are that, that, that contribute to, to, to stuff for us there. And I, I think it's just a, a treasure trove of information. Uh, certainly go check out our interactive tables, which now has expected points. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, great work from the, uh, the, the team working on the app, uh, all the time like that. So, uh, it's, it's, it's one of, the, I, I say this. I would say this even if I weren't a part of American Soccer Analysis is probably the best free free resource uh, for American soccer fans um, available on the internet. So uh, go check that out. Um, you can uh, uh, rate and review this on iTunes if you want to leave it a five-star review. If not, just you know, don't leave a review. Um, and that's all I got for us this week. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it so much. Enjoy your week. And until then. Enjoy Cat- the sock. Oh, I said it wrong. Casper <laughs> Shabilko. Casper, why? That's right. We were supposed to say it. Say it one more time. Casper Shabilko. Okay. There that's you go. For, that's uh, for Eric. He knows what's up. Eric, you owe. Is Eric, are you anything now, or is that just a special uh, I, I don't shout know. Out? I think that's a special shout out. Okay, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. Until then, enjoy the soccer. Casper on the sky, wringing my hands, sweating like a dude in a suit. Your gazing more was not into. What I hoped, what I dreamed, what I'd seen, I couldn't fly by man. Could I jump? Sweet white-faced girl was haunting me I have come from the north Where the spirits are dark To the south where my friends are
Of a curse. 